Good morning, everyone. I hope everybody's having a wonderful sunny Sunday morning. I am excited not just to be here today, but I am excited because spring is in the air. Uh, we're still a few little, a little ways away from spring, not too far, but uh, we sprung our time forward this morning, and it looks like everybody even made the church on time. I remember one time when we sprung, I was spent the night with my cousin, and we time went forward. And my co- me and my cousin and my aunt Sandra walked up to the door. We were going to go into sanctuary because we were late. I said it's halfway through preaching already. We were like, oh goodness, what happened? And time sprung forward on us. But so we're glad. So if anybody comes walking in late, we just know time sprung forward, and it's okay. Uh, but we're glad to have you here. Just a few announcements as we get started. Um, there is a deacons meeting this Tuesday night at seven o'clock. Um, next Sunday, uh, during service, we're going to have a, a deacon ordination for Jim Humphreys, Jim Kinder, wrong Jim, sorry, I mean, we're excited about that, um, so we're looking forward to all that, and then Sunday after service next week, we will have a brief business meeting, or a monthly business meeting, so, um, Keep that in mind. Also keep in mind that uh, we are back to our Wednesday night schedule. Uh, Youth, children, preschool, uh, adult Bible study all starts at 630. I was very excited that I had uh, right around 20 uh, students here last Wednesday night for our back to action kickoff. And uh, I'm hoping that maybe next week we can have more than that for our Bible study time. And, uh, and, and just continue to grow as we move back into a sense of normalcy around here. Um, don't, in the adult Bible studies at 630. And uh, at this time, I just invite you to turn your hearts and your minds to, toward God as we focus on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, this morning. Okay, when is the date for that? Okay, so we're going to go, remember Annie Armstrong Easter offering that will run you through around Easter. Our goal is $2,000 for that, so uh, keep that in mind and be be prayerful about what God would have you to do. And uh, now we can focus our hearts on the Lord. As Chad said, good morning. One announcement that he did forget is that choir practice resumes this Wednesday night. Um, Sandra couldn't start choir practice this past Wednesday because she was, get this, busy at the beach. Honestly, they had to go and clean the house for the rental um, down there as part of their contract with the Ocean Lakes. She said they didn't even see the water. But I know that she was tired um, because she said, what time did you guys finally get back Wednesday night? One o'clock Thursday morning, you got back. I talked to her Wednesday afternoon, and she was exhausted. So, uh, but it is good to see everybody. Don't forget choir practice as well um, back in swing. Um, immediately following the adult Bible study on Wednesday night here in the sanctuary. But at this time, if you would please join me in prayer as we turn our hearts to God. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you, kneeling before your throne. Dear Lord, with everything that's going on from, from the virus to finances, people being out of work, the gas prices, everything that is going on in our lives right now, dear Lord. We ask that just for this few moments that you shut that out of our minds. That we don't think about those things. We don't think about what upsets us. We don't think about what we're going to do after the service, but just for these few moments that you will focus our hearts and our minds on you. Dear Lord, allow us to encapsulate ourselves here. 
so that it's just you and us so that we can do business with you today. Dear Lord, we pray this because we are here for one purpose and that is to worship and glorify you. Everything we do today, dear Lord, is about you. It is not about me, Chad, Sander, or even the people sitting in the pews, but it's about you. And dear Lord, we praise you. And we ask that today, dear Lord, we recognize that we honor your word that we stand on it as our basis for faith. That it is our rock. That we can have a firm foundation, dear Lord. And we praise you also, dear Lord, for Jesus Christ as the one way to heaven. Dear Lord, it seems like everybody is telling us that everything is acceptable that all roads lead to You. But we believe what Scripture says and the words of Jesus Christ that no man comes to the Father except through Him. And dear Lord, we do all of this because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And we ask You that You receive all honor and glory for everything that takes place today that Your Spirit moves among Your people and hearts and lives are changed today because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And we give You all the honor and glory for it all. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Yes, in this world of uncertainty, Boy, do we have this unsettled feeling. We are so unsure about our future, about our country, uh, about this virus. But for the Christian, we have this blessed assurance that Jesus is ours. And no one can take that away from us. So let us stand and sing praises to our Lord and Savior. Page 334, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Would you stand? Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine! Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story. This is my song. Raising my And that excites me because I love spring weather. I love to get to the time of year when Laura's fussing at me, telling me I need to get out in the yard and do yard work. 
When I, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, she looked giving me a mean look. Um, but I do love springtime. So being springtime, and it's weird because I never know. I mean, I know what's going on, but I never know exact the, the exact hymns are being played and what exactly Sandra's going to say when she gets there. But everything always just seems to fit together like a puzzle. And so I think it does this morning, too. So if you've got kids here at home, I want you to just, I just want to focus on me this morning. And these things have turned into something that are not just for the kids. I enjoy getting up here and sharing these many stories with you because I love the way Jesus told stories. And I try to model the way Jesus told stories through things that we can understand. Um, because I think that's important. So being springtime... I brought a few things. I brought a flower that I found outside this morning. And I want you to look at this flower and how beautiful it is. And how it's, it's just new. It came up uh, the past day or so. And it's still got water on it from where it was growing out of the ground. And it's just such a beautiful sight of spring. But this, there's a problem with this flower. Because I picked this flower, because I removed the roots from this flower, by the end of the day or by tomorrow, this flower, these petals are going to start to wilt. Now, I could put it in some water, and it might last a little bit longer, but they're going to start to wilt. And in a couple of days, the flower is going to be nothing but dried up leaves. And the beauty that was in that flower is going to be left behind us. And I have another plant that I brought with me, and I had to pick the flowers off of it because they they have come and they have dried up, but there's something special about this flower and something different about it. This flower is starting to, there are places on here that it's starting to grow and bud new flowers. And they're going to come out, and some of the green, green leaves had turned brown and fell off, but there are new, fresh green leaves that have grew and and popped up on this plant. So what is the difference between the two? And the difference between these two plants is the roots. A plant cannot survive without its roots. If it's not rooted in good soil, if it's not getting the nutrients that it's needed, it can start off looking like this, but in a few days... Or over time, that plant is going to wither away and it's not going to look the same. We are the same way. It is important that we are rooted in Jesus Christ. Because like Sandra said, the world is changing around us. And our job as Christians is to be sure that we don't change with the world. And we stay strong and faithful in Jesus Christ. I have some scripture this morning. Colossians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. And this is Paul's letter to the Colossians, and it fits so good with what's going on today that we even had a Sunday school lesson on this. It says, Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words, for though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the Spirit. Rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfast of the faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. And this is what I'm rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Adults, kids, teenagers, as the world changes around us, Be sure that you are staying in God's Word. You are staying in constant prayer and constant contact with Jesus Christ. And and you keep rooted in Him. Because as the world changes around us, it is our challenge and our goal not to change with it. Because God says that His Word is forever. And Jesus Christ is forever. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The same, unchanging in an ever-changing world. And we're going to talk about that more with the kids 
as I'm fixing to go line up over here and take the kids out. And then we're going to go, after we have our lesson, we're going to go out on a fun nature walk. And we're going to look at some of the beautiful things that God has growing for us because of the roots. Let's bow our heads and go to the Lord in prayer. God, thank you so much for this day. For everyone here today, the adults, the teenagers, the young boys and girls that are here, Lord. And we just thank you so much for what you give us. Help us to stay rooted in you, God, and in your word and in Jesus Christ as everything around us tries to change, that we stand firm and we keep our roots firmly planted and say that we refuse to change and we refuse to pull away from you, Lord, for the fear that the inevitable would happen if we pulled away, that we would wither and fade but with you, Lord, we have everlasting and eternal life. All this we ask in your name. Amen. You know, we know that God has called each of us to do something. We're all unique and we are all to do something. But as Christians, we are all called to be fishers of men. But we're not all called to be missionaries. Um, if we were all foreign missionaries, nobody would be here today. But we do have our home missionaries, missionaries here in the United States. And that is what our Annie Armstrong offering supports, are our own home missionaries. At one time... The United States had missionaries going to other parts of the world. Now then, we have missionaries from other countries coming to the United States. So we have really fallen as Christians, as a, as a nation. So we need to be praying for our missionaries, supporting our missionaries. So even though we're not all called to be a missionary to travel, we can support our missionaries. And that is what our Annie Armstrong offering is for. But we're all called to do something for the cause of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. So let us stand as we sing 483 Footsteps of Jesus. Would you stand, please? It is good to be back with everyone today. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to go visit my family in Florida. And Chad did an incredible job last week. We were driving up 95 on the way home, listening. I was listening. Everybody else was watching the, the service this past Sunday. So that is one of the great things about being live streamed 
is that we can have church anywhere. But the downside of that is sometimes we get lazy. And we make excuses for not coming. But we're going to continue to live stream. But we're also going to continue to meet in person. Because there is something. It was great being part of the service, but there is nothing like being with everyone together in God's house. So thank you for allowing me that time. But I want to sort of piggyback on Chad's message last week. He preached about answering the call, why we don't answer the God's call. Well, I want us today to look at Gideon because we are called just like Gideon was called. All of us. So I want to give you a little bit of a background. And guys, you get to test out that new camera because I'm moving today. Okay? Um, You see, the children of Israel once again had turned their backs on God, and they had gotten to be just like we are today. They had started seeing the worship of Baal as being pretty much the same thing as worshiping God. So they had started to intermix the false religion of Baal into their worship of the holy God. Just like we do today. Many people, even pastors, will tell you it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe in something. That worshiping Allah and the following the teachings of Muhammad is the same as following the teachings of Jesus Christ and worshiping God. But I'm going to tell you something. Not according to the Bible, it's not. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. There is only one way to God, and that is through Jesus Christ. Period. End of question. No more discussion needed. But the children of Israel had got that messed up. They had started worshiping Baal. So God allowed the Midianites to come in and terrorize the children of Israel. And for seven years, they were under the oppression of the Midianites. To the point that the Midianites didn't, they weren't constantly there. They weren't like the Romans that took occupation. What the Midianites would do is they would come in and do little raids. Especially at harvest time. And they would come in and they would take everything that the Israelites had worked so hard for. And they would leave them with nothing. And seven years this went on. Until finally, the Bible says that the children of Israel did something they should have done when it all started, is they cried out to God. They started praying to the one true God. As a last resort... Just like we do sometimes. And that's where we pick up the story of Gideon. If you would turn to Judges chapter 6, we're going to actually start in verse 11. So if you will stand as I read this, Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 16 is going to be our text for today. If you don't have your Bible, it's going to be on the screen. And this is what it says here in Judges chapter 6, starting in verse 11. It says, Then the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abirazite, as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress in order to save it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. Then Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has this, all this happened to us? And where are his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, 
Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of of Midian. And the Lord looked at him and said, Go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? And he said to him, O Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's house. But the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Blessed Lord, thank you for the stories that we have in the Old Testament and how special are they for today's times. Lord, thank you for the reading of your word and bless it. And it's in the holy name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The first thing that I want you to know is this, that Gideon's calling is just like your calling in the fact that the angel of the Lord issued the call to Gideon. Look again at the first two verses we read, 11 and 12. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Ophrah and belonged to Joash the Abizite as the son of Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress in order to save it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. This was just not any angel. This was just not a angel. It was the angel of the Lord. This was an Old Testament appearing of Jesus Christ himself. Before his incarnation, before his birth in in Bethlehem, Jesus Christ came and appeared to Gideon. And this is something, I've said it before, but you guys have to understand that any time that you see the angel, it is a specific angel and it refers to Jesus Christ himself in the Old Testament. Other times it will say an angel. In the New Testament... When Gabriel came to Mary, what does it say? It gives us a name, but it says an angel. We have to realize this, that Gideon's call came from Jesus Christ. And how do we know that for sure? Because it says the Lord. Look at at verse 14. The Lord looked at him and said, Go in your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? This is the angel talking to to Gideon. Then in verse 16, But the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. Gideon received his calling from Jesus Christ Himself. Now church, we are called in the same way as Gideon was. Because we are called by Jesus Christ Himself. The moment we accept Him as our Savior, He places a calling on us. It may not be a calling, as Sandra said and as Chad said last week, it may not be a calling to serve in the pastorate or even in the ministry in the church. But He has called you to be His witnesses. He has called you to do a job. And that is something that goes far beyond just sitting in a pew. That is something that we have to do as a child of God because we are called to it by Jesus Christ Himself. The second thing I want you to see is that Gideon was called at the absolute lowest point in his life. Again, look at verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord came and said unto the oak. And it says that Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress in order to save it from the Midianites. We have to understand, 
that Gideon was living in complete fear at this point. He was doing his work in secret so that the enemy could not find it. You see, when you're threshing wheat, what you're doing is you're literally throwing it up in the air. You're beating it and throw it in the air so that the wind can take away the shaft, the outer hull that is worthless and good for nothing. It, the wind catches it and drives it off and the good wheat lands to the ground. So what he is doing is he is actually in a pit that they would put grapes in and stomp the grape to press out the juice out of those grapes. So he was hidden. He was down. He was not where, if you were sitting here, the enemy couldn't look out and see him working because he was hiding. He was living in fear. I remember when I was under such conviction to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And I wouldn't do it. And I was living in fear. I was scared to do anything because I was scared I'd die. I, was, I wouldn't go forward because I was scared of what people may think about me. I grew up in church. I got baptized. I knew every song in the hymnal. I could sing them without even looking at the words. I knew every Bible story that was told to us in children's church. I went to a Christian school. But folks, having the knowledge up here and having it here are two different things. And I was living a life of fear. I was scared of everything. And God reached down to me in my lowest point when I didn't think I could take another step or another breath, God reached down and through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ lifted me up. He did the same thing. Gideon had to get to a point where he was humble. He was in fear. He was humbled. And he was hiding, doing his work. We live in a society today that Christians are scared to say anything because they're scared they're going to get labeled. They're scared that they're going to, to, something's going to be done to them. We are being taught and we are being manipulated through everything that we need to just sit down and shut up. And we have began to live a life of fear. but I want us to think about this. The next point, Jesus saw in Gideon what Gideon could not see in himself. In verse 12, look how the angel, how Jesus greets him. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. Here Gideon is hiding, scared for his life that he would get caught doing his job. But Jesus sees in him more than Gideon sees in himself. Church, according to what Scripture says, is Jesus sees in us more than we see in ourselves. He looks at us and He does not see the shy, scared, helpless individual. He looks at us through the blood of Jesus Christ. And you know what he sees? A child of the King. And I guarantee you right now, if Prince Charles walked in this room, we would all recognize the fact that that was Prince Charles. What makes him so special? He's not attractive at all. He's not a very good public speaker at all. But what makes him so special? It's because of who his mom and daddy are. He is the child of the Queen of England. That's what makes him so. Church, we are the, chi the children of God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, the Alpha and Omega. That is who we are. 
And when he looks at us, that's what he sees. But when we look at ourselves, we don't see that. And we make excuses, just like Gideon does. Jesus doesn't see the scared young man. He sees the valiant warrior that he's calling him to be. And he greets him as such. And then next, Jesus reminded Gideon of the strength he has because God was with him. In verse 14, the Lord looked at him and said, Go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? Gideon's strength did not lie in his own self. It did not lie in his hands. It did not lie in his mind. It did not lie in his heart. It was in the fact that Jesus himself sent him. You know, Paul tells us, well, Jesus tells us this. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Doesn't he? Isn't that a promise Jesus gives us? And then in the Great Commission, he ends it by, and lo, I will be with you always, even until the what? End of the age. Or the end of the world. And then Paul tells us that if God is for us, who can stand against us? Church, we're scared. We think we can't do things. We think we're weak. But you know what? Read the end of the book. We win. None of this is surprising God. This doesn't surprise God with Gideon. When Gideon's telling him all these things and he's talking to him, none of this is catching God off guard. Jesus knows everything. And he keeps reminding Gideon, I sent you. He says, go in this strength. Well, what strength is that? I have sent you. We have said this many times. God does not always call the qualified. He qualifies the called. All 12 of His disciples were not the scholars, were not the religious leaders. They were fishermen. They were working people. They were humble. But they answered the call and look what God did with them. They followed Jesus Christ. They even ran and hid when He was crucified. One of them, Peter, denied Him during His trial. Only one disciple, John, was at the foot of the cross during the crucifixion. The rest of them were hiding. And then, at the resurrection... They were all hiding in a house with the doors locked. Scared of what was going to happen to them. But God used them anyway. And He changed the world for Jesus Christ because of the words of these men. God will use us, and our strength is in the fact that He has sent us, that He has called us. But I want you to look at even this last part, is that Gideon still questioned his call. After having this conversation, he still questioned the call. And there's not a single one of us that is any different. Look at what it says in verse 15 and 16. He said to him, 
O Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's house. But the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. Gideon had the power to go do what he was asked to do. Not his own, but the power of God to accomplish what he was telling him to do. But even then, he still questioned it. And Jesus reminded him that he was able to do it because he was going with him. Acts 1.8 says, After this you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will what? Be my witnesses. Where does our power come from? It comes through God, through the Holy Spirit in our lives that we receive once we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. It is in that that we are just like Gideon in receiving our call. We question his call. We doubt his call. We make excuses. But God sees in us just like He did Gideon. He sees in us a mighty warrior that is able to accomplish great things for Him. Not because of us, but because of Him. And you guys know the rest of the story, I'm sure. Gideon finally agrees after testing God some more. He says, if this is really what you want me to do, I'm going to put this fleece out. I want the fleece to be wet with dew, and I want the ground around it to be dry. God does it. Still not convinced, Gideon says, okay, this time I want the fleece to be dry and the ground to be wet. God does it. And Gideon says, okay. And he calls all these warriors from all the tribes around, and they come and gather, and God tells him what? Okay, now you've got your army. Let's go. Does that God tell him that? Nope. God says, you've got too many. He says, tell the ones that don't want to fight to go home. So he did. Half his army left. God said, you still got too many. Gideon's... By, Gideon is probably doing the same thing we would do now. We're like, God, what are you talking about? Do you see how many of these Midianites are out here? And you're telling me I still have too many men. I can't win with the way they are. How many I've got? But Gideon is obedient. God tells him, I want you to take them to the river. Let them get something to drink. The ones that go down and drink out of the water, put their mouth down to the stream and drink. I want you to send home. I only want you to keep the ones that dip their hand in the water and bring it up to their mouth and still look around. Those are the ones I want you to keep. He ended up with 300 warriors to battle thousands. And God even tells him why. Because he says, I want people to know that it was me that gave you this victory. Because there is no way in the world that 300 men should beat the horde of Midianite soldiers. They said they, they looked out on the field and they covered. They were like locusts in that valley. Everywhere. But Gideon, once he accepts the call, he's faithful. And he does the unimaginable. He waits until nightfall. He has his army take a trumpet and take a lantern and a vase. And he t they stick those lamps in those vases. And he says, when you hear the trumpet call, I want you to break the lamps, break the, 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 the pot and show your lamp. And I want you to blow the trumpet and I want you to shout for God and Gideon. And they surround the encampment and they do it. As soon as they hear that first horn blast, they all join in and they start shouting and they start blowing their trumpets and their lights and the, the Midianites get woke up 
out of their sleep. And they look out there and they see all the lights surrounding them. They hear all the horns blowing. They hear the shouts. And they go nuts. They start fighting thin air. They start killing each other. And they take off running. And Gideon chases them down. And totally wipes them out. Because God had given him a call. And God had given him the power to accomplish his call. All Gideon had to do was be faithful. To be obedient. Church, look around. All the empty spots represent a soul that needs to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. All we have to do is answer His call. We have to be obedient. And we have to be faithful. But we are called just like Gideon. And all we have to do is do what He's asked us to do. And that is to be His witness. We have to love the people, even if we don't agree with them. And show them the love of Jesus Christ through us and how we interact with them. We have to speak the truth in boldness and in love. There are being things that are being taught today from pulpits around this world that I do not agree with. That are not scriptural. That are not biblical. That are not God's Word. But, other than, but the Word of men. We are in a society today that preachers are afraid to preach the Word because they're afraid they're going to turn somebody off. They're going to upset somebody. Church, I'll be honest with you, I don't understand the point in that. Because you can't be happy. If you're called to preach the Word of God and you preach anything else, deep down, you're not going to be happy. Because you're not doing what you're called to do. But church, it doesn't matter what you're called to do. It doesn't matter if you're a school teacher, a custodian, a bank teller. It doesn't matter. A barber. It doesn't matter what you're called to do in your life. You can represent Jesus Christ right there where He puts you. And you can impact more people in your daily lives being obedient to Jesus Christ than I could ever by preaching every Sunday morning. Because most of the people you're going to come in contact will not come into a church until you give them reason to come into the church. So if you're called just like Gideon, how are you going to respond? How are you going to answer God's call? Are you going to continue hiding in the wine press? Afraid to be seen? Are you going to be the valiant warrior that God sees in you? Are you going to stand for Him? And are you allow, going to allow Him to fight your battles? Are you going to be like Paul and say, I have become all things to all men so that I may win as many as possible? God has given you the, the, the mission field. He has placed you where He wants you to be. He wants to use you. He, wants, he, he has called you to be His witnesses. How are you going to respond to Him? What are you going to do? This is your time to answer that question. Would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation, number 305, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. I have decided to follow 
you for being here this morning. Don't forget Deacon's Tuesday night, Deacon's meeting at 7 o'clock here at the church. Wednesday night, regular schedules, 6.30 Bible study for youth, children, and adults, immediately followed by choir practice. And then next Sunday, during the morning worship service, we will be having our ordination service for our newest deacon, um, Jim Kinder. So please be here for that, to support him and pray for him as we start, he starts his ministry with us as a deacon. Church, don't forget, you are a valiant warrior for God. You are called and empowered to be just that. So this week, as you go about your daily lives, remember that. That you are called to be his witnesses and that He has given you the power to do it. Don't be afraid of what somebody's going to say to you. Don't be afraid of what they're going to call you. Don't be afraid of what society is going to label you. Because you've already been signed, sealed, and delivered by Jesus Christ. And He says that you are a warrior for Him. Thank you again for being here. And let's go to the Lord in prayer as we dismiss. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we once again come before you. The Lord, thank you for calling each and every one of us. Your word says that he who he has chosen, he is also predestined. And those that he has predestined, he is also called. Dear Lord, you chose us. You saved us. And you have called us to go in the power of the Holy Spirit to be your witnesses. Dear Lord, as we go from this place today, let us remember that. Let us remember that we are your witnesses. That we are your valiant warriors. And that if you are with us, no one can stand against us. Dear Lord, thank you for all those that are gathered here today to worship and those that are watching online. Thank you. Protect all of them, dear Lord. And let them feel the presence of your Holy Spirit today and through the rest of this week. And we give you all the honor and glory for it all. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen.